Time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Okay, citizens of Surrey should be very happy now because <laughs> their tax hike is only going to be 12.5%. Wow, what a bargain. Well, as we talked about yesterday, um, yeah. a new wrinkle in all of this, unprecedented yeah. billion-dollar fund for municipalities. And we re- saw the release uh, last week of the disbursement. Surrey is getting the most of any municipality because of population growth, largely. But they're getting ninety million dollars out of the blue, you know, yeah. which was there, wasn't there when they set that seventeen percent um, uh, f- figure in place. Now, Brenda Locke came out yesterday, says it's now going to be down to twelve percent. So instead of you know bashing taxpayers over the head, they're just going to punch them in the face. It's <laughs> <Okay. laughs> so, like you should thank me now. Yeah. It's only going it's to only be twelve percent. But it's interesting. This this pot of money, uh, unprecedented again, going to municipalities. It's so ninety million for Surrey, almost fifty million for Vancouver, right. twenty eight million for Burnaby, twenty six million for Kelowna, and all from Abbotsford to Zavallis. Everyone's getting a, a bit of the pie here, and it, it, it depends on your population and your population growth over the last between twenty sixteen and twenty twenty one. Okay, well, let's have a listen to Brenda Locke here, the mayor of Surrey, walking back this tax hike yesterday. Have a listen. I don't want to deliver a 17.5% increase. Not one person on council wanted to see that happen. The problem was we came into a mess. We came into a a council that was faced with poison pills, with mismanagement for four years, and we have to right a wrong. It's all Doug McCallum's fault, I guess. She was on that council. But um, anyway, she says they're bringing it down to 12 uh, percent. Yeah. It's still a massive, it's still the biggest tax hike in, I think, of all the municipalities in in Metro Vancouver. Still not entirely clear, and I've been checking with finance about this, if they can take this infrastructure money yeah. and apply it to their budget, because there's different rules for infrastructure versus services. Certainly at the provincial level, it's different accounting. So I'm not sure they can take $90 million, which is earmarked for, for infrastructure, not for services. So this is repairing sewer lines, waterworks, even building recreational facilities, rec centers, but it's not to pay for people's salaries. So um, we'll see how the council can square that. Yeah, it's kind of a classic political tactic to put out this kind of worst-case scenario, and then the public gets all mad about it. Then you walk it back a little bit, and you try to make yourself look you, like the you hero. S- you still have a worst-case scenario. <laughs> well, yeah, because twelve and a half percent is still a huge and a half hike. Percent. So it's it, 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 council's now taking it back, and we'll see. Hopefully, they're a little more explanatory. Um, with the new rate they come up with, and they have been up until now. The other thing we discussed earlier on this file was who takes the blame for this big tax hit here, because as you heard in that clip, you have the mayor saying, well, it's not my fault, it's the previous council's fault. And they've also tried to blame the B.C. government for taking too long to Mm -hmm. decide the the policing issue. So, But I think at the end of the day, I think the the walk back that we saw yesterday indicates they knew they were in some political trouble on this. That's a huge... I I don't think there's any question they knew they were in trouble. 17% framed against every Everyone else's uh, tax increases, which are significant. I mean, Vancouver's double digits, so's uh, Port Moody, uh, other municipalities other than Port Coquitlam. Could we see 3%. other municipalities reduce their tax Well, hikes that's now? a very good question because everyone's getting a significant amount of money uh, depending on the size of, of the municipality. So I think Abbotsford's getting, I think, $17 million or something. Uh, <clears throat> the list is on the government website. It's broken down about 145 municipalities. It doesn't matter how big they are. It can be tiny little hamlets. They're still getting a minimum of half a million dollars 
of money, free money from the provincial government to be used for infrastructure. Mm. Okay, that's very interesting development there. Okay, let's talk about um, the drug issue that is blowing up politically here in Victoria now, too, because last week we saw this extraordinary story where two BC companies claimed they had received mm. a license, they had received license from Health Canada to manufacture and sell cocaine. <laughs> and then they, they walked that back. And Health they, Canada walked it back for them. They did. So they walked it back. But now you see the, the BC Liberals here kind of jumping on this, saying this is what happens when you decriminalize drug possession in British Columbia. Now trying to kind of, I think kind of reframe their positioning on it because because they, they were originally said well we're in favor of decriminalization too. They, were part, they too. were part of a committee, all party committee that recommended this. Now they're changing their position, trying to do it. I was joking with some reporters in the hallway, trying to change the position without us actually noticing it. Yeah. You know they they are now criticizing the decriminalization uh, policy. So I think this is an example. The Liberals under Kevin Falcon are tacking to the right. This is more advocating a position that is more in line with conservative values, the old Reform Party, certainly not in favor of decriminalization. Uh, and it's interesting how uh, language is a key uh, factor here. The liberals in the House don't talk about fentanyl or opioids. They talk about cocaine and heroin, yeah. which resonates with voters, yeah. I think, to a greater degree. The prospect of selling heroin in a store just repels people. Of course. And the NDP is saying, you're completely misleading this. We have no intention of doing it. But the liberals, you know, they're the opposition. They're supposed to, you know, criticize the government. They seized on this this sort of rogue stores last week who thought yeah. they had a commercial license to sell cocaine. Health Canada issued a statement saying, no, you don't. Uh, liberals are still jumping on it, and the government's mad about it, but that's what oppositions do. Okay, well, let's have a listen to question period on this yesterday. So you'll hear liberal MLA Shirley Bond facing off here against Premier David Eby. Have a listen. To the Premier, how many companies have received approval, have applied, and are awaiting approval to possess, produce, sell, and distribute drugs like cocaine, heroin, and ecstasy? People who want to commercialize hard drugs... People want to sell hard drugs and profit from that in our province. If that company wants to do that, we're going to take their lab, we're going to take their business, we're going to take their homes, Honorable Speaker, just like we did with the Hells Angels clubhouses. I thought that was an interesting moment. Yeah, it was. And so uh, to set that up, that came at the very end of question period. So Mike Farnworth handled the questions saying this is ridiculous. We're no intention of doing it. But EB is emerging as the cleanup hitter. Mm. He comes in at the very end to sort of wrap it all up. He said he was very disappointed with the Liberals that they originally had supported decriminalization as part of the committee. Uh, but obviously it's a dividing point between the two parties. The Liberals have decided to frame the government as sort of de facto sort drug of soft, dealers. Soft on drugs. Soft or, on drugs yeah. and not talking about fentanyl or opioids, talking yeah. about cocaine. And you heard Shirley Bond, the top three, you're going to hear this a lot, cocaine, heroin, and ecstasy. Yes. Those are what the government's accused of dealing. Okay, the Liberals, I spoke to Eleanor Sturko about this yesterday, a liberal MLA, who said that they, the Liberals support decriminalization of small amounts of drug possession in principle. So they said that we still support it in principle. Their concern is that the government has rushed ahead with this decriminalization without having safeguards in place, like more treatment and recovery beds for mm -hmm. people who are addicted or, or, or more other opportunities for people to get off drugs or, or public education to warn people against the dangers well, of these Well, I, I think Sturco might be, hold that position, but I think there's increasing evidence that caucus is not is drifting away from decriminalization. Uh, they are in favor. I mean, they've got a pretty ambitious um, 
plan themselves. The Liberals, uh, 1.5 million over three years for mental health and addictions, more treatment beds than the NDP is offering, free treatment beds that the NDP is not offering in terms of grandfathering old existing beds. So yeah. the Liberals have staked out some turf here that uh, I think is uh, broader than the NDP. When it comes on the issue of decriminalization of drugs, I think the Liberals are sending signals they're not a strong yeah. proponent of decriminalization. They're attacking it rather than supporting it. Right, okay. And because, again, that, that speaks to their voter base. Sure. You know? Yeah, and that's becoming an issue, an issue for sure. Um, real quickly here, just to finish up, federal politics. So yesterday, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau announced, under a lot of pressure on this, uh, these reports about Born Chinese interference. state interference in Canadian elections. So yesterday he announced an independent special rapporteur to look into these reports of Chinese state influencing in, in elections. I'm not sure what a special rapporteur yeah. actually is. <laughs> yeah. But I think Trudeau's in trouble on this file, potentially, here. To me, he's like, I don't know, just watching him yesterday, as you can tell he's under pressure. Here's, here's Trudeau speaking yesterday. There have been questions raised about our democracy, our national security agencies, our parliament, and even our sovereignty. These questions strike us to the very core as Canadians. I don't think he wants to keep talking about this story. No, no he wants this to go away, but it's not no. going away. Uh, there's been um, a lot of stuff unearthed by journalists on this yeah. file. We don't know how extensive it is. Right now, only one MP has been named in this this thing in Ontario. But it's interesting, the parties, the opposition parties are pressing for a public inquiry. Right. Governments traditionally do not want public inquiries for a number of reasons. But he sort of now met them halfway with a special, what he calls to be an independent investigation. It was interesting, the Globe and Mail today, who's broken some of the stories in this, their big headline, they labeled this a closed-door inquiry. Yeah, right, right. Which well, is, it's not in public. No, uh, which is, you know, um, an interesting phrase because yeah. it is not in public. It's a, it's it's done privately, but we'll see what the results Does of the, that is. Is this a threat to Trudeau? Because, you know, I've been watching a lot of analysts, analysis over the last 24, 48 hours saying like, oh, Trudeau's in real trouble. This time he's going down. This this wow. is the one that could bring him down. We'll see. I mean, people <laughs> said that about SNC Lavalin. They said that about Blackface. We they Charity. We Charity. All these the things. The Dalai Lama vacation. Exactly. Like, all this was supposed to bring Trudeau down. Yeah. So um, people have to remember, by not voting for someone means you vote for someone else if you vote. And mm -hmm. that's the that's the sort of back, back pocket secret for Trudeau. Will his voters vote for Poliev? I don't see that. But do they vote for the NDP? Um, that's more... Likely because that's more of a similar policy right. ground, but uh, the Trudeau brand has taken a, Trudeau brand has taken a hit in for years. Yeah, he's survived so far. Yeah, we'll see if he survives. Uh, this one's this trouble one. for him, though. I think. I okay. Think, yep. Okay, Baldry's beat lots of phone calls right to them. Dave in Chase. Hi, Dave. Go ahead. Hi, Mike. Uh, just a question for Keith. I called in last week there, and he was going to speak with uh, Rob Fleming about mm -hmm. the uh, state of the highway in the Fraser Canyon. And I just wanted to know whether we're going to have to put up with a single-lane Bailey Bridge forever or what they're going to do, because they haven't done anything there in over a year. So I'd yeah. just, I'll hang up and listen to what Keith has to say. Yeah, so I actually did check with uh, Rob Fleming's office on that, and I got a text back from them that uh, there are tenders out right now for contracts for uh, making these repairs, but... It's still going to take some time. Very little work was done over the winter because of weather. So just basically, as the spring thaw occurs, you're going to see more activities. But I would suspect we're still a few months away from resolving that issue. But again, that's the word I get from 
from Fleming's office that it's uh, tenders tenders have gone out for contracts, but uh, no shovels in the ground. Okay, yet. well, if, if the tenders have gone out, I mean that's early in the process here, so we're talking a while yet. Yeah, it's gonna. Yeah. I think it's gonna be probably. The, I'm guessing the end of the summer. Okay, Bill in the Noose Bay. Hi, Bill. Go ahead. Good morning. Uh, quick question regarding what is the criteria for who gets the quote unquote free drugs in British Columbia? I mean, we've all seen the stories with the handprint on the machine and the east side, drugs drop down. Uh, I'll be mm. honest, I know lots of people that like two and a half grams of cocaine. Um, you know, well, who, right now, who gets this stuff? No one, no one gets free cocaine. Oh, Except, I thought it was cocaine was part of the program. Like, no, it's, no, so it's, um, there is research that goes on, and there's probably some cocaine on a clinical basis that's used, but we're not talking about the general population getting accesses. And again, in terms of decriminalization, it's decriminalizing possession. It's got nothing to do with legalizing the sale. Of, there of is, things. like, the, the caller is referring to a vending machine where there's biometrics on these vending machines. You put your hand, it ch- checks your handprint, mm-hmm. and then that will distribute, like, these machines are in the downtown east side, and it can re- it'll distribute things like hydromorphone, which is like a opioid um, replacement yeah. therapy drug. Methadone. Still an opioid, okay? Yeah. But the concern there is, uh, are some of these drugs like hydromorphone being being given to people who then who then sell them on a like mm-hmm. a black market in order to buy the more powerful drugs that, that addicts want, like fentanyl, for example? That is a key concern. Now there is a movement in British Columbia to expand so-called safe supply of drugs. It would include things like heroin and cocaine, but we're not at that point yet. We're not at that point, and whether it includes heroin and cocaine is an open question. No one's talking yeah. about that quite yet. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mike and Vernon. Hi, Mike. Go ahead. So a uh, couple of things. The first one is uh, regarding Trudeau and the, uh, and, and the possibility of an inquiry or a non-inquiry. Uh, it needs to be a public inquiry. we gotta, we got to get the answers to what was going on. It needs to be public. Everybody needs to be aware. So that's really simple. Anything short of that is, I think, um, a failure. Uh, the second thing is $90 million to Surrey. Um, and lots of money to other municipalities and stuff like that. But recently, um, people have been telling me driving through the Fraser Canyon, absolutely nothing has been going on in Lytton to help those people. So mm-hmm. we've got we got a billion dollars. Could they not have taken some of that and gotten things rolling in Lytton? Yeah, no, that's, that's a very good question. Jackie Taggart, the MLA, has been pushing this uh, for some time. Why is nothing going on? Um, not really clear answers from the government why there's been no progress here. This money that's going out is not going to have an immediate impact in most municipalities. They're still trying to get their plans together on how they're going to spend it. But at, I'm going to go back and check, see how much Lytton's getting from this. Federal government has to take some blame there, too. Like, it was astonishing yep. to see a federal minister. I think it was Bill Blair was there a couple of weeks back. So the first time a federal minister had ever gone mm-hmm. through this town. It was burned to the ground. Yep. It was the first time you saw a federal cabinet minister show up. Stuart in Lake Country. you got 30 seconds here, Stuart. Uh, we, too, are getting a 17% tax increase, 12% Ooh. because we have uh, broached the 15,000 population mark and now have to pay for the RCMP. Our current mayor was on the f- former council, trumpeting the growth of the area, making no provisions for w- this tax bill. Yeah, so, well, I uh, wasn't aware that you had that type of tax increase. That's interesting. Um w- Municipalities uh, and, well, taxpayers are now getting hit with tax increases, the likes of which they haven't seen for decades in terms of percentages. So it's interesting. We talked yesterday about a taxpayer revolt. Maybe, mm. one's, maybe one's brewing. 